Okay, welcome to episode 72 of the Never Iron Anything Comics Review Podcast. Um, this week we've got the return of a familiar voice. Um, the Baron of Brotty Ferry. The DC dude. What's that smell? You know what that smell is. It's that comic smells Tom Stewart. Oh, drink it in, boys. Drink that <laughs> smell in. <laughs> I always feel a bit weird when I hear you doing that on the pod, because occasionally you do huff a few comics, don't you? Yeah, I know. There's a bit of huffing goes on. Yeah. Do you know what? It's, it, it either comes across as like, oh, yeah, that's, you know, the, the, the namesake, or, yeah, that's creepy. That's... <laughs> it can be both. You you know. Sniffing down the mic at me. <laughs> as I often say to ladies, it can be both. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah the um usually scares them off but yeah <laughs> yeah we can chase them you got a pack of dogs around you run them down true that's what i say yeah, true. Yeah. so you've been all right as your comic yeah. reading we've been reading much recently or uh yeah man um i'm oh, i'm just kind of I've, I've been doing ebay dives and <laughs> get trying to get stuff at, at discount prices and everything so i've, I've been getting loads of stuff recently and just kind of reading everything that comes through the door i become be inordinately fair. angry with ebay's that say make an offer and you yeah. make an offer and they, their counter offer is the same price yeah. As they post it, I say, what's the fucking point of putting make an offer on if you don't want to make an offer? You know what I mean? Uh, see, the trick is to offer like the lowest that you can go. You know, <laughs> yeah. so they, they, they've got it up twenty quid or uh, you know make an offer, and you make an offer for a fiver. Yeah. And just just to see if they're actually serious about it or not. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I will accept a payment from you, sir, to pay me to take this off your hands. How would yes. that be? The uh, yeah, I, I did. A, there's some bloke, and he's clearly got a load of those Bowen busts, you know, the Marvel statue things. Yes. And yeah. he's put loads on, and they're all sort of reasonably priced. They were sort of forty quid. So I thought, oh, I'll offer him thirty quid. And mm-hmm. it said make an offer. So I thought, offer him thirty quid. No, my my counter offer, sir, is forty pounds. I it fucking says that anyway. <laughs> oh, you gotta love the balls and something. I'll yeah, tell you. exactly. I, I'm in a I'm in a bit of a a pickle at the minute that um some something from ebay has actually went missing oh, and right. i'm gutted because it's the uh, i don't know if you remember it's a, a set of trading cards they are comic creator trading cards like oh, yeah. um just some of the pictures i absolutely love them I, like i'm obsessed with pictures of comic creators yeah, like some cracking 70s looking ones in there as well yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so they, they look amazing so there was this whole setup for like 28 pound and i managed to get them down to 18 and uh, I was sitting thinking, yes, this is brilliant. You know, 12 days go by and still no sign. Yeah. What's happening? Get in touch with the seller. He's the, here's the tracking number. Sent it to the wrong bloody address, didn't he? Oh, so uh, right. It's been sent back to the Blooming Returns Office in Belfast, and now we've got uh. no idea if I'll get it back or not because he's not put a return address on it. It's when you well, get a phone call from from some terrible phone line, and the bloke's just going... <laughs> It's the blue door, mate, isn't it? It's the blue door. I said, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. I don't know who you are. Why are you ringing me and saying it's the blue door? I don't know who you are. Amazon. I usually... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Amazon. Yeah, that's it. I usually get some bloke that gives it... I've, I've left it on the back doorstep. What, a shit or, or what? I don't... Yeah, I don't have a back doorstep. You... What, what have you put on the back doorstep? One bag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So occasionally you send stuff to my son. And so I had to... I couldn't remember the, the colour of my son's front door. So I had to ring and say, have you got a blue front door? And he went... Yeah, go to the front door. There's some weird bloke there waiting for a, with a package for you. Okay, Dad. It's like that, and off he goes. Yeah, you know. it's a blue door, mate. I haven't got a blue door. Who are you? Why are you telling me that? 
Yeah, fucking twat. How have you got my phone number? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I registered for one of those things, uh, you know, like an agency to find me a new office. And, I, and I'm going to complain because within five minutes, I got 35 phone calls from somewhere in the Middle East asking me about uh, home insurance, you know. Oh, Christ, come on. I had that a while back, but it was all um, mobile homes because somebody had accidentally got a digit wrong and I started getting calls for somebody called Colin and it was uh, all these holiday home people. Oh, and honestly, it was... It was don't honestly, say that. You know what comics people are like. You're going to get phone calls asking for Colin now. That's true, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they don't know what meets them on the other end. I had so much fun with some of them. <laughs> Were you naked? Uh, right. Well, well, we'll just keep that disclosed. <laughs> right, Colin, what have you chosen for today's uh, for the, our conversation today? You've chosen something quite special, my friend. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Very special. Um, I have went for well, I have got in my hands the recent collection Dark Horse presents Black Sad collected stories by Juan Diaz Canelas and Ho Juanet Juan. Juanillo Guarnido. Guarnido. Oh, yeah, that sounds that good to hard. me. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Black Sad, um, uh, which is now up to five volumes, and I think the one you've, the main one you've got there is the first three, and then have you got the separate two volumes for A Silent Hell and Amarillo? Is that what you've got, or? No, this uh, this new Dark Horse one is a soft cover collection of, of all. all five. Oh, yeah. nice. Okay. All five, two short stories and little sketchbook bit in the back as well. Ah, oh, right. Because I think I've only got one of the short stories because I've got them as I've got the the first three as digital and I've got the the last two as um, hardbacks, sort of oversized right. hardbacks. You know, um, it was Europe Comics that put them out digitally? It was. Wasn't it? That's right. Yeah. yeah, good old Europe Comics. Look at them. Um, yeah, yeah. And. It's um it's only been going since about two thousand, hasn't it? This. Yeah, yeah, it has. Yeah, it's in- about two thousand, two thousand three. Yeah. Yeah, the interesting thing about it is it, they they are two. We'll talk about them in a bit, but they are two Spanish creators who mm-hmm. um have an agreement where it gets put out first by Dargard in France, and then one month later it gets put out in Spain. Mm-hmm. How weird is that? It's just a strange agreement they it's, seem to have. Yeah, somebody that does a a very similar thing is uh, Paco Roca. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah, puts out a lot of his stuff in France. I don't know what it is. A lot of um, Spanish creators put a lot of stuff out in France first. I don't know if it's just maybe the publishers are there for the, I think, for the stuff. I think there's a bigger France. scene in France, isn't there, I think, if yeah. I understand it. Yeah. 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 I know, least... and these are properly amazing, and we'll get into it. But where did you where did you find them first, and how did you come to read them, dude? I first got introduced to them uh, by Nando and Mike. Um, cool. They brought them along to a comics meeting before we actually started uh, the podcast and everything. We had a comics okay. meeting that we used to have in Dundee Library, and they had brought it along one day. And believe it or not, I was petrified to read it because I used to, not so much these days, but I used to have a massive fear of animal-like people. Really? Yes, okay. Hugely. I don't know why. But it just creeped me out something fierce. And they used to show me the inside of these pages and it just it just totally freaked me out. Wow. I, I mean like really hair raising stuff. It sounds insane. No, it no, sounds... what do you what do you think it was about them that, that uh that got to you? I really don't know. I don't know if it was like the more the fact that they looked more like people like than animals. Because another one that really um 
shook me a wee bit was uh, Granville. Yes, I was going to mention that one in a bit. Actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That really, that really freaked me out. It's all like the muscles and stuff that just really creep me out. But I, uh, I actually managed eventually. I think furries is just a write-off. I'll tell you. Yeah, we'll get um, to them in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I actually got given this again. I think it was about sort of four or five years later by Mike, and he, he sort of said, "Look, just give it a read. Try, try your best to get through it." And it actually snapped me out of it reading through it okay. um, yeah really snapped me out of it and i've kind of just i've totally it's just a, a thing that doesn't exist anymore whatsoever all because of black sad there you go look at that yeah. who needs, who needs uh, psychotherapy when you uh when you can read black sad it's, yeah exactly <laughs> i was watching a few videos in preparation for today over the last few days and um there's one with a guy who he's a living he's living in his mum's basement kind of guy you know one of those sort of blokes <laughs> and greasy hair um and he's got an eye, an, ear, an eyebrow piercing, which he thinks makes him hip, and he keeps winking at the camera. And there, there, there was the odd mention of furry stuff, and in his in his conversation, I thought, hang on, what's all this about? So I clicked on his, you know, the about bit in the uh, on YouTube, and it was pictures of him with a load of sort of furry people in the banner. And I thought, ah, uh, right. I didn't realise there was a furry connection. Yeah. Yeah. yeah now, seems to... the reason I read these is because I I had known about Black Sad for many years. And had um, perused the table of um, uh, the artist uh, Guardino at, I think he was at London Super Comic Con about four years ago, maybe five years ago. Mm. But we were, we were running a pod table at that. And so you tend to sort of not be allowed, you can't really get away from the table much because there's always people chatting and nonsense going on. So yeah. every time he was either talking or his table was empty. In fact, I remember he left all his stuff on his table overnight and I thought, oh, I might nick all that. Um, I didn't in the end, obviously. Um, but yeah. I got to see him there, and I was aware of it, and I knew that it was extremely well thought of, and everyone goes on about it. And um, but I hadn't really read it until you made me read it. You forced me to read it, um, <laughs> and it was uh, it was t- two nights ago. So we agreed to talk about this probably about a month ago, didn't we, Tom? Something like that. We'd, yeah, we yeah. Sort of put it in like the that. calendar, and um, I had the uh, Silent Hell. I don't know why I had it. I just had a copy of it. I'd bought myself a copy of it, fully intending to read it. And um, I said to you, oh, I've only got this in Amarillo. Should we just do one of them? And you said, all right, we'll just do Amarillo and we can have a talk about the rest of it. And then I felt a bit guilty and I felt like I'd let you down, you know. And um, <laughs> so that night I read all five volumes. So I read all five <laughs> volumes in one sitting and it absolutely floored me. It's yeah. absolutely amazing, I have to say. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it is one of them. Like, you just, you don't expect it. And then as soon as you get maybe, I don't know, two, three pages in, you're like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, this is something unto itself. Like, how how does this exist and not more people are speaking about it? Yeah, you know what I mean. So a little summary of it. So it's um, second week actually, second episode in a row that we've talked about um, film noir tropes and the mm-hmm. noir um, sort of comics that have followed them. And this is a, a noir detective story. Um, it just so happens that the um, the main character is a, a human sized cat. It's um, anthropomorphic. John Blacksad is the titular character. He's a hard-boiled, a private detective, and his it's first-person narration mm-hmm. from him, which I'm I'm a big fan of. Second week in a row. What we talked about with Al the other day that was um, first-person narration as well. Yeah, there aren't many recurring characters, but there are some, and mm-hmm. I liked seeing them. So um, Weekly, who is um, introduced in the second volume, 
is yep. an occasional sidekick. He's a smelly weasel, and he's called Weasley. <laughs> At first he says it's because I publish an article every week or something, but it's, we actually will figure out later it's because he, he only washes once a week. Yeah, changes <laughs> his underwear once a week. <laughs> yeah, that's it, that's right, yeah. But he's um he's actually there's actually a couple of nice moments between them, and especially towards the end. Um, mm-hmm. He gives him a camera, doesn't he, in one of the episodes, and one of the issues. And then there's uh, Smirnoff, who is the police commissioner, and kind of kind of friend they have the odd falling out but they are friends i think him and black sad um yeah. and he is a german shepherd mm-hmm. which is kind of cool um and i'm very yeah. fond of that and um, we do get a couple of other recurring cam well recurring characters so alan ginsburg is uh, there's a basic what they do is they uh, on occasion they parallel people in the real world um as yeah. animals so alan ginsburg appears as greenberg um mm-hmm. who is what animal is he he's a he's a bison a bison that's right yeah yeah uh, Senator Joseph McCarthy is called Senator Gallo, and he's a rooster. Yep. Uh, and Mark Rothko, the artist, is a rat named Sergei Litvak. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's. Uh, we'll talk about the art in a minute, but I think the, the most joyous, well, there's many joyous things about each page of art. But one of the main <laughs> things is you, there's a lot of artists out there who can't draw reactions and emotion in a human face. Never mind in the face of a snake dressed in a suit. Um, yeah. <laughs> but this manages to pull that off, you know. It is absolutely breathtaking in its richness, isn't it? It genuinely is. Yeah, very much so. And I think it going into the the sort of artist a bit a, a bit more. Guarnido's uh, background is is predominantly sort of animation. Yep. And I think it really plays up a lot, like you say, with with capturing. Um, Different characters' movement, uh, character like specific characteristics and everything. He really plays up to the sort of animation main principles to capture them big yeah, time. Definitely. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about the creators, and then what I thought we might do is just roll through the five volumes. We're not going to go into detail in them all, but we can have a, a conversation about each of them and, and what's our favourites and what bits we liked and stuff. But yeah, yeah. The artist is um, Juan Ho Guardino, uh, born in Grenada in Spain in 1967. Studied painting at the Faculty of Fine Arts in the University of Granada. Um, wasn't able to earn much as a comic artist in Spain. And the scene there isn't huge. Um, so he worked in a, on a TV series. Mm-hmm. In 1993, moved to Paris and one was, was the head animator, one of the head animators of the Tarzan movie at Disney. And he yeah. was in charge of, I can't remember the name of the leopard, but he was in charge of the leopard character and ah. animated that, interestingly, which uh, kind of was a foreboding to what was going to come. Um, mm-hmm. When he finished at Disney, he got in contact with Canales and they had known each other before that and they signed at Dargard. Um, he, um, I saw an interview with him at um, New York Comic Con and now this was 2012 so things may have changed but he says he only inks with a brush, he doesn't like pens, he says pens are for something else in his sort of broken English. Um, he has tried colouring digitally which he is not fond of either um, but he uses mostly watercolours. Um, the colours in this are utterly breathtaking aren't they? Oh, They're the best the- colours you'll see. Unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable. They're just there's a total muted palette. To I think as Starenko says in his introduction, yeah. let's just let's just get that bit out of the way. Jim Starenko is an introduction as well. Yeah. How great hell. is that? Yeah. Um, but as he says, you know, it, the muted palette really captures the the actual noir element of uh, of that time very much so. Yeah. Um, it's just oh, it's utterly incredible. And the the way he works with watercolors is just it's stunning, yeah. utterly it's stunning. It's amazing, isn't it? You you can't believe that is a comic page with all that yeah. detail in it. It's uh, yeah, one panel one panel of this page sometimes would make up a whole comic. These yeah. days, in the amount of line work in it, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Uh, the writer is Juan Diaz Canales, uh, born in Madrid. At 18, he attended an animation school. In 1996, he founded um, an animation company called Trident Animation. Around this time, he met um, Guandino, uh, and they decided to make Black Sad. And it took them a while to shop it around, um, but they were lucky enough to land at Dargard. Dargard being the home of Blueberry and Asterix yeah. and many other. You know, they're the, the, the big dogs, one of the big yes. dogs in, in, in Bond SNA. Um Black Sad has won numerous awards. It'd be it, we, I don't think we could probably list them all, but a couple of the notable ones. 2003 run Arctic Nation, which is the second volume, and I think almost my favourite, won the Angoulême Audience Award. And 2006 Red Soul, which is the third volume, won the Angoulême mm-hmm. Prize for a series. Um, and that's a big deal, Angoulême. Yeah. Yeah. yeah or as, on, as I saw a YouTuber call it, Angoulême today, which I thought was quite good. <laughs> Angoulême. <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's one way of saying it, right enough. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um. So, let's let's just pop through each volume and just see how we feel about each one, if you don't mind, mate. Yeah, um, yeah, totally. The first one, volume one, somewhere within the shadows. Um, and it is where John Blacksad discovers an old girlfriend of his who is an actress, and she's um she's been murdered. Um, more probably of ev- of everyone, to me, the str- the just the stricter adherence to the noir feeling i suppose is that yeah that, yeah yeah very much so and um as as the series kind of goes on um black sad very much loosens up but this first volume it's it's very deadpan very serious like yeah. everything's everything's super super serious and i think just i think he's just trying to cement the characters in a way and just kind of very much a cement it in familiar ideals that people will be able to latch onto. You know what yeah. I mean? Before he before he takes it off and gets a bit more comfortable with the characters. Yeah. So he's um he's not perfect, although he is a hero. You know, he's not mm-hmm. he's slightly broken. He's we find out later he's been involved in the Second World War. Yep. Um he's not he doesn't always win a fight. He loses a quite an interesting fight with um a bear and a what's the other animal in the graveyard in this one? Um, a rhino, oh, uh, rhino. <laughs> yeah, who give him a kicking, <laughs> you know. Um, and but it ends on a real downer. Like he does, you know. There's the classic, will he do it? Won't he do it? Which a lot of TV series hang on, and uh, with you know the vanilla banality of current television and stuff, we don't. Yeah. We, we think he's not going to go through with it, but he does in this. He take he mm-hmm. takes that step over the line, doesn't he? In this one, yeah. I think it's just kind of showing you the extra kind of the extra hard boiled edge to him. Yeah. That he's not he's not somebody to be messed with. He's not just this, you know, wishy washy private dick. He he is somebody who is to be try isn't to be trifled with. You know, yeah. you can't you can't muck about. He's got lines, and if somebody crosses them, he's gonna go ahead and pull that trigger you yeah, know what I mean, mean? He, oh, we'll ruin it now spoilers he, he he basically executes someone for what they've done doesn't he yes yeah yeah um, very much so. i think it's worth saying at this point that um whilst this is a what they call it a funny animal book um an anthropomorphic <laughs> animal book it's the the themes and the uh a lot of the images are dark there's um there's not a huge amount of bloodshed in it there's there is there is some um <laughs> especially in this first one and the second one there's quite a lot of um sex in it sex yes. and nudity um there's 
there's definitely more violence in the first two than there is in the, the rest. Right, man. Yeah. Um, even even when there was sort of high octane action and stuff going in, on in the sort of latter three volumes, I, I just I don't think it was as uh, vividly shown, and it wasn't sort of put on. It wasn't really a uh, as full frontal as the as the first two volumes. Yeah, I mean, I you right. actually see yeah. you actually see characters in the first volume with a hole in the head and blood coming out of it. You know what I mean? Whereas you wouldn't really see that in the latter volumes. That is true, actually. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder why the themes. There's a. There's almost a theme to each story, isn't there? There's almost. I mean, this first one is your traditional noir um, yes. detective story, gumshoe detective. You know, femme fatale, rich man, bodyguards, nightclubs. You know, yeah. it's that, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. And having come off the back of reading Filthy Rich with our last week, um, and obviously being a fan of stuff like Parker and you know mm-hmm. all this sort of thing, this this really, it it felt like just it's just fitted into the shoes of the noir stuff we talked about previously. You know, the with all the the touchstones of the movies and the dime store novels and you know the hard boys yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. It's a really, yeah. it's a really interesting one. It's almost my favourite. The first one, actually, I think it fits more into what I was after. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with that. It's, I think the first one is out of out of all of them. I think the first one is probably the most visually breathtaking. Okay. Um, and I yeah. think it's because it's the first one they kind of put. I mean, they put a, don't get me wrong, they, they put a hell of a lot of effort into every single volume, but I think this one has been a sort of all or nothing. They're really wanting to prove that they can make this story something big, you know what I mean? Yeah, okay. Um, you can see the kind of blood, sweat and tears that's went into it. Um, yeah. I mean, God, there is, there's, there's some panels that are just littered with detail because there's so many characters and they're all individualistic yeah. and each a different animal and oh it's just unbelievable so i think worthy of note here again is is that they play on the cliche and the um pr- presumption of we know what kind different kind of animal animals are like from our days of watching disney cartoons you know yeah so yeah. The, the villains are often lizards or snakes because um, mm-hmm. that's obviously our presumption there assumption um the police are mostly, and apart from the, the, the occasion when I talk about it, they're mostly sort of um, dogs, Labradors, foxes, German Shepherds, yeah. that sort of thing. Um, he's a cat, um, but the the sort of sexier femme fatale women often are cats as well. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we get that much later on as well, don't we, with the sort of um, the circus noir as we get late, mm-hmm. in a later volume. But yeah, so he pl- they play on it. Like the bears are henchmen. Um, weasel is a weasel, you know. There's that. Yeah. Um, it's very yeah, clever. But yeah, every yeah. person is fucking a character. Every person in the background, in the bar, in the street, in the festivals, um, has a full personality. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a panel um, nearer the end of uh, the first volume where there, it's uh, the fox and Blackside, well, I can't remember the fox's name, but it's the fox and yeah. Blackside walking through the police station and each person that's sort of sitting on a bench or speaking to the the receptionist or, you know, walk, there's literally somebody walking up some stairs and passing a bit of paper to somebody else. And I can, <laughs> yeah, like you say, I know these characters just by looking at yeah. them. 
I know what they're saying. I know what they're doing without there being thousands of speech bubbles or loads of rabble or you know there's there's not there's not massive things saying you know rabble 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 or anything like that. You just you get yeah. the feel of it from the fucking panel. You know what I mean? It goes back to my main assumption that or my main my main theory that being a writer is easy. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the easy yeah, bit. Very true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Very true. Moving on to the second volume, which I think is perhaps my favourite. Um, it's called Arctic Nation, and it opens on a lynching. A vulture hangs a, uh, from a street lamp, having been lynched in the street. The Arctic Nation is a symbol on the wall underneath him, but it's also the um, it's an I mean it's the Aryan Nation, isn't it? Is a kind of what yeah. they're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But with but to prove the ridiculousness of extreme racism, they say that if you're if you've got white fur. You're a part of the Arctic. There's an Arctic fox. There's a polar bear. You know, it's the sort of yeah. thing. Which, you know, oh, so you're the pure pure breed, are you? Well, you're all different species. How does that yeah, work exactly. out? You know, it's just mental. But I suppose it's it's the way to do it. It's, you know, if, it's, if this was about humans, everyone would be going, oh, it's all a bit on the nose. But because it's animals, you kind of, you ingest it and understand it and with a freer feeling, I suppose. You know? Yeah, they st- they still do a good job of um, kind of getting a certain species that are white as well to to sort of play up to the characteristic. Regard like they've got like an almost sort of weaselly otter character handing out leaflets, but you you still get the feel of like yeah, that looks like an alienation <laughs> yeah. like kind of animal. You know what I mean? And even you know, there's a pig and a, a snowy owl and stuff like that. But you kind of look at them and go, yeah, th- I mean, that plays up to the characteristic, even with yeah. the type. Even though, you know, these animals aren't... You wouldn't look at them in real life and go, yep, racist. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> but, you, but you get the feeling. I, I have to admit, I've never looked at a polar bear and gone, what a fucking racist. Yeah, no, well, that's, like... <laughs> that's my favourite animal, so I fucking, well, hope not. <laughs> he's a great character in this. With a yeah, real, there's a real. So the the polar bear is the head of the police, but he's also like in charge of the local KKK thing, the local racist group, yeah. the local political party that are handing out leaflets. Um, but he and he's massive. But there's yes. um, and he's he's cuckolded as well, isn't he? Um, yeah. But there's some weird suggestion that he's also a paedophile. Quite it's dark, isn't because, it? Yeah, because he's in charge of the choir, um, at the at the sort of local Aryan church or whatever. Um, and there's a lot of stuff going on regarding cover-ups and conspiracy and and what's happening within the sort of alienation groups themselves and a lot of infighting and stuff. There, there just seems to be this weird rumour that's circulating that he's a, a paedophile, but there's no basis for it except from the fact that he is the, the and, head of the choir. And apart from a, a strange reaction he gives to his wife. Yeah. Yeah, yeah jumps on her. Absolutely jumps on her. Yeah. Yeah, it's very strange. It's fucking dark. You know, you couldn't some some of the some of the movement in this one though is <sighs> unbelievable. I mean, you get so much weight behind that polar bear when he jumps on his wife. Yeah, like screaming in her face, and you can actually it's like you can almost hear the sort of boom of the paws as they're hitting the ground. It's oh, yeah. unbelievable. I mean, Guadino does the best fights, doesn't he? Yes, it, it, very it much really so. does. There's a real um, uh, danger to what he does. Is that you feel every every blow land. You know, there's. I know we're just yeah. talking about funny animals, but it, they're more realistic than most of the crap we get on the on the shelves of a comic shop every month. Otherwise, you know, it's uh, 
Yeah. He, they lean into punches. They've always got blood around their faces afterwards. Their clothes are, you know, ripped and in disarray. And so it's, um, one of them in particular when he's, you know, he's thrown this sort of, sort of white stoke over a bar and into all the bottles. Oh, I and love that. Yeah. Yeah. He's crumpled. But he's he's drawn every crease and wrinkle just to <laughs> yeah. show he's absolutely crumpled. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but it's one of the very few times you actually see a, a massive sound effect as oh, well. Oh, okay. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I do love a narration. I love the first-person narration. I think it really works. Mm-hmm. And it's, you've got to have it, in my opinion, for a noir oh, yeah. story. I just think it, you know. And you warm so much to Black Sad. He's not perfect. And, uh, I mean, he's not even that successful. I think in the next one he's pretty skint, isn't he, suddenly? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you do he, like he's, him. He's he's very much. It shows you that though, if, if because he's skint, is the fact that he takes jobs because he knows somebody needs the help as opposed to yeah. him needing the money. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's um. He's got a good. You 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 get a sense he's got a really good moral barometer about him. Yeah, and this one is there's um there's comments from him that he's been to war and it's changed him. You get comments yes. for that. Um. The the snow in this is beautifully done. I love a comic with snow in, oh, and it's yeah. just so well done in this. And it's a counterpoint to some of the later volumes we see, which are in hot weather, and you know the the environment changes per volume. I think doesn't it? Uh, yeah, it does actually. Yeah, it's funny that you say that. I've not actually thought about that. Yeah, it does, and it changes sort of, I think cover to cover as well. Right. Um. You know, there's a bit there's a bit more heat in some of the later ones yeah, that's and. Right. There's a bit of water in one of them as well, but you, yeah. you know you're just getting the sense of it kind of hotting up as it gets near the end, right enough. Yeah. Cool. So let's move on to volume three, Red Soul. Uh, Black Sad's fallen on hard times, and is working as a bodyguard for a rich gambling addict and fan and fan of art who is also a grumpy but hilarious-looking tortoise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's a class act. Yeah. It's the it's the extended neck with the wrinkles. It really it. is, isn't it? Yeah. It really it's is. So good. Um, the, he has also got a friend called Lieber, um, who was, um, a friend of Black Sad's at school and is also, um, an atomic energy expert. So this plays, um, on, well, loads of things. This plays on the fifties. Um, it plays on McCarthyism. It plays on the, um, the, the, you know, the fear of, you know, the nuclear, um, experiments and bombing you know bombings but you know the explosions that were taking place the experiments in the desert and stuff yeah. like that and it's, it's, the hangover it's of like people the, who were like them sorry mate sorry dude. it's it's like the <clears throat> the folks that were involved in the manhattan project yes exactly yeah so that's yeah. what it does uh, a number of whom had nazi connections think, yes which, is, which makes it quite interesting um mm-hmm. and there are going on outside anti-nuclear demonstrations and the rise of um the rise of you know uh, of stuff like activism um anti-establishment activism especially and um anti-nuclear the anti-nuclear protests that had begun around the time that i mean kind of still carry on to today yeah um i'd say the translator does need to find out how to spell smart alec yeah he spells it with a k (laughs) quite a lot of times that was going on there uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't understand that. Alec, A L E C K. Yeah, what's that about? It's, like, it's a name. Eh? Yeah, it's not not odd. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's also um one of my favourite characters who um doesn't do particularly well later, but is um Alan Ginsberg. So Alan Ginsberg appears, and mm-hmm. we get a real play on the, the 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 rise of the beatniks and the beat poets and all that sort of thing from the late fifties. Yeah. 
um, which is a really interesting period. I find I find that really interesting, and a lot of people quote the sixties as the, you know the the beginning of experimentation, but but really it starts with these guys. Um, mm-hmm. And Ginsburg was a troubled character, um, Very. and this guy um, reflects that. Um, yeah. And it becomes more, doesn't it? It becomes almost a Cold War drama and a Nazi hunter story, really. Yeah, it does. <clears throat> but it's interlaced with uh, you know Black Sad's own relationship problems, um, yeah. and amongst it as well. Do you know what? He gets some in this, the... doesn't he? To be fair, yeah. Do yeah. you know going through going through this man? I I think this is actually. I'm going to go out and say this is probably my favorite. Yeah, I get you. Yeah. Yeah, this is probably my favorite. I, 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 this and this and volume one are, are sort of tied. Okay. But, yeah. Um, in the in the realm of this, but this is probably my favorite, and because, um, this one really tugs at the heartstrings at different points, really does. Um, just seeing. Black Sad trying his best to try and get a relationship going with someone. You know, it's, yeah. it's stuff like that, especially the kind of line of work that he's in and stuff. You know, this stuff probably isn't going to work out yeah. very well for him. Um, there's going to be some sort of trouble element, but you just, you're sitting going, oh, come on, man. Like, this, this <laughs> has to work out for you. And then it just curtails and goes in different areas, and there's a lot of conspiracy going on. And, uh, you know, the, the this was one. This was one that actually, the Dalmatian. A uh, oh god, what's he called again? Um, I forget his name. Uh, oh, I can't remember no, his can't name. Remember. But the Dal- Dal- Dalmatian character, anyway. He was the one that sort of played to me that that you would more relate with nowadays. You okay. know, the bombs are dropping. Let's get a shelter, and you know all the conspiracy crap that's going about these yeah. days and he you, you kind of look at him like yeah he seems like a character that would exist in the real world now yeah yeah you know i mean yes it's an it's an interesting uh picture of an era done through a funny yeah. animal book isn't it it's yeah it, there is an education going on there somewhere as well of um what happened you know during the you know anti anti you know the mccarthyism trials and yeah. public inquiries and what was going on elsewhere and the rise of which, drugs and stuff like that, yeah. yeah. Which uh, which Disney was actually involved with slightly as well. Oh yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Um, yeah, which is, is just interesting having you know one somebody that comes from a Disney background writing about this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, from an animation background, yeah, and writing this, about it from Spain as well. This is one of yeah. the, the the genuinely amazing things about this is these guys. I mean, I wasn't alive in the fifties, but they seem to have a great idea of what it should look like and how people should act they really do. yeah 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 but this uh this volume definitely has my favorite sequence if not my favorite one of my okay. favorite pages pages in comics um the sequence of him running to stop the professor's car from being blown up oh yeah 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 um the actual the you know just just the the actual adrenaline running through black sad you can see him just every movement with each step and jumping across a bonnet yeah. and the explosion and him bolting and smashing this crocodile guy through a window and yeah oh my god that actual page the one of him crashing through the window with this crocodile and smacking him in the face that is that is one of my favorite all-time pages in comics that is amazing 100%. that is amazing it's incredible and i think i think the the addition of them being um 
animals adds to the fact that I never know who's going to come out on top. Because in my head, yeah. if it was just two blokes fighting, I think, well, Black Sad's a hero. He's going to win this fight. But then I'm thinking, well, he's an, he's a lizard. You know, yeah. or he's a buffalo. Surely he can't beat a buffalo. Buffaloes versus cats. You know, it's like that. Yeah. It, that sort of shit goes on in my head. But yeah, it kind of, they turn the tables a little bit on you. At one point, he does beat a a Kodiak bear, for example, doesn't he? Or, you know, he does, he does, he does beat a room full of snake people or something, but yeah, it's uh, it adds to that excitement for me. It's almost like in my head, I'm playing top trumps about who would win between a rhino and a grizzly bear. You know, it's like that. It's almost like that in my head. Yeah. It's very true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the next one is silent, he- silent hell, which has a lovely cover um, of him. This is the famous one of him um, sinking through the water. Yes. Uh, in yeah, a sort yeah. of green suit. Um, uh, and it's it 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 rings those noir bells that cover so much. It could be mm-hmm. if that was a human, that would be you know something on a a novel cover, wouldn't it, or something like that? You know, a hard case crime novel cover or something. Um, yeah, definitely. Now this is um, I don't know about your version, Scott. In the back of mine, there's um there's a talk about he he describes how he does his watercolors in this. Godino. Oh no. Yeah, it's quite uh... nice. There's a a lot of pages, and they. They move from rough to you know more, more rendered. But the there's a lot of talk about where he learnt it, how he learnt it, what he's doing with that. You know how I drew that shirt. You know, um, oh, right. where I found that, where I based that on um, the jazz band rehearsing. You know, and uh, this is what I, this is the lighting I use for it. And one of the things you do notice in this is the lighting he uses in it is just sensational. There's a couple yeah, of yeah. scenes. I'm looking at in this one. I'm looking at page twelve um, where he's in. They they're in. The sort of big drawing room. He's there with Weekly, and there's a. Um, is she like an ape? She's like the ape cleaning woman who's. Well, no, she's like an ape witch, isn't she? Yeah. And she's dabbing yeah. something in his chest, and look at the light. I mean, you looked out that window. It's so well done. It's almost like blinding. Yeah. The way... And the actual the the bubble actually merges in with the window as well to yeah. emphasise it even more. Yeah. And it's shining oh, it's just... across. You can you can feel the heat of the the sun on um, Black Sad's face and. Yeah, beautiful. It's even yeah. the the page across from that as well, though. Oh, the street standing. scene! Oh my yeah. god! Holy shit! Like incredible, utterly incredible, and no detail missed. Yeah, whatsoever, nothing. Yeah, not a single bit missed. But this is the this is the volume in which I noticeably saw a change in his style. Okay, slightly. Oh, okay. Just what, slightly, slightly more cartoony, or yes, that's what I thought so. as well, actually. Yeah. Yeah, um, and you spot it very much so with a at the very very start. They're watching the they're watching the women's strip, and then the next page, it's Weekly's That's face. That's where I noticed it as well. Exactly yeah. where I noticed it, and there's it's almost a little rougher than some of the other pages, even in this volume, isn't it? Yeah, that, yeah, very much so. It's a bit heavier on the inks. Yeah. Um, it's just I don't know. He, he just seems to. I think he seems to play a lot more with uh, with heavier blacks. Yeah. At this point, he's really he's really outlining a lot of the characters in this. It's not as washed as some of the other yeah. volumes, but this is definitely a noticeable change. But then there were so many years went between each of the volumes. Yeah, there's a couple of years between at least between them, isn't there? Um, yeah, so different practice each time, yeah, isn't it? There's a big, and he did do some kids comics for um, uh, I think a Spanish company between some of this because he talked a bit about um, he tried to digitally color them and he didn't like it. Uh, yeah, was it Sosarellas or something like oh, that? Oh, is that is that what it is? Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. I'd say if I was going to own a page from this, because I'm a pervert, and um, <laughs> I've never had a, a leopard give me a boner before, it would probably be page eight. It'd be the uh, the leopard stripper. 
which is yeah, just is brilliant. Great. Just brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the other page that, that, you know, has to be mentioned is the parade. On my, on my version, it's page 38. Uh, Jesus um, fucking Lord. With a big massive float. Yeah. Oh, Christ. How, how just... do you even do that? I, don't, I have no idea. I have no idea. All the balloons, confetti, everything. Just... Faces in the oh. crowd, buildings, the sun, people on balconies. The... It's... It... What's what's hilarious about it as well? It made me actually just laugh when I was looking at them because it's so unbelievable. But it's it's two pages of complete silence. There's not a single yeah, bubble. It is not it? a single bit. Not a single bit of a uh, uh, sound effect or anything. But looking at these pages, you can hear the din of all the celebration and everything. And you know, somebody goes up to them and gives them a big massive smack on the lips and just keeps walking on. And you're just Oh, it's just unbelievable. But yeah, I audibly laughed. Yeah. When I when I looked at it, because I just thought, this is <laughs> this is ridiculous. It's amazing, isn't it? it the colours. Yeah. yeah, it's just. I just it's when you see the crap that's out there sometimes, man. Yeah. And you then you go and look at this and you think, why am I even bothering? Yeah. You know why am I even be, bothering could, with some of this crap when I could yeah, just could stare so at these two better. pages? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So um, this is actually um, I called this the heroin heroin and jazz episode or issue volume to me. It's yeah. um, set in New Orleans, like we said. Um, there's the, if you get the Dark Horse hardback, there's loads of extras in it. Um, has some incredibly iconic moments, and we move from stuff like the him being in the parade to him being beaten up by a hippo, which adds to my top trumps theory that hippos are probably pretty tough because he shoots yeah. the hippo a few times, doesn't he? And he doesn't do anything, and he he throws him in. Um, yep. I have to say, to knock someone out with acoustic guitar, that person has never lifted a good acoustic guitar in their life. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> firstly, they're they're full of air, so they're not actually that easy to swing, and there's no weight behind an acoustic guitar. No. You're very rarely You're lucky if you're gonna knock out someone over them or knock them out. I've uh, I've I've unfortunately in my life been hit with an acoustic guitar, and it really wasn't that bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just say that. <laughs> Yeah. Um so this is the um the classic nineteen fifties jazz musician he has these sequences in, but he's also a heroin addict. Yes. it plays on that that what we see as a cliche. Um yeah. and there's a really weird moment, um which I'm still I'm not sure it's properly played out yet, but where um Black Sad is saved by a man with sort of sailor tattoos or a large Yeah, cat. this this strange, uh, long-haired domestic cat. Yeah. Um. Yeah, covered in sailor tattoos, and then just sort of disappears at the night, not to be seen again. I mean, what did you read? I read that that it was his dad. That's what I kind of thought it might be. Ah, do you know? I never thought about that. Um. I just. I. I thought it was either. It was either a figment of his imagination, and he just managed to get ashore, or he was. Like like he was hallucinating, or it was something else, and he just sort of projected this image onto it. Because the first one has a sort of blurry image of the cat, and then it sort of materialises a wee bit. And by the time he's standing on his feet, the person's gone. Yeah. Which made me think that there maybe was someone there, but he's just been talking rubbish and making this whole thing up to himself. I really don't know. I've, I've I want to say that that maybe plays out in later volumes. Yeah, I hope so. 
Yeah, there's some. There's, there's definitely a little uh, foreshadowing there, isn't there? Yeah, because yeah. there's two volumes. There's two volumes that are yet to be translated into. Are they really? English. Oh, okay. Yeah. Why haven't they translated yeah. them? Can they hurry up? I know some people here at comments. I'm going to email them tonight. <laughs> I, w- I would if I were you. Yeah. You can contact uh, Neil Adams. He helped with the last one. So. What is that all about? I have no idea. <laughs> Isn't he credited as like translator or something? Yeah, co-translator. I don't understand what that's about. I don't know if he maybe just found them and said, you know, I want in. Yeah. Or what? And they sort of went, well, you're Neil Adams, of course. Yeah, I wonder that. Um, I once pretended that I knew I knew Japanese once at work and made it into a meeting before everyone said, no, it's just Tony full of shit. <laughs> so I wonder whether Neil Adams it can speak Spanish or he's just Neil speaks Spanish and he's just translated a load of pages. And he's probably just... Maybe. It's like the old story. Do you remember when, I don't know if you know this story, but when the BBC got the magic roundabout, they bought it from, I don't know where it was, Sweden or Finland or something. They didn't actually yeah. pay enough money to get the actual translations of what people were saying. So some bloke just sat there and made up stories while he watched them. Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah not I remember if that. That's just the sort of Neil Adams approach. I hate, I'm being horrible to Neil. I'm sure he does know Spanish. And he's a perfectly <laughs> I'm, good interpreter. I'm wondering if it was maybe that it was interpreted, but somebody did like literal interpretations uh, and yeah. he's, he's then just kind of jazzed it up. Yeah, that's sometimes a problem with inter- with um, translations, isn't it? It sometimes. Yeah. Is. Yeah, I feel that sometimes I read those survivors' books, um, the Beetlejuice and Older right. uh, and stuff like that, and they they're very staccato, quite dry. And I'm always a great believer if you're going to translate, the person who is translating it, the language they're translating it into should be their native tongue. Yeah. Because no matter how great you are at languages, there's shit you won't get. I often wonder that with some of the Centrala books. I yeah, do I like it. Yeah. yeah, I do like Centrala. Um and a load of their stuff is, is spot on even even with the sort of translation, but there is some stuff that you know, they, they it's it's like they don't understand how the sentence is structured in English. Yeah. So yeah. There's words just kinda out of place or they're missing a the or something like that. You know, it's yeah. just something that doesn't doesn't quite get it. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm wondering if that's been the case. They've just done sort of literal translations, and Neil Adams has sort of cast a an eye over it and went, "Well, no, that nobody would say that, but they might say this," you know. Yeah, yeah. This one, um, this volume is the one that has one of the short stories in it called um, "Spit at the Sky." Is the one I've got. Oh. The one where he ends up with Smirnoff uh, having a coffee at a bar or a drink at a bar. That's a great. Uh, that's oh, a great that's story. that's uh, like cats and dogs. Oh, is it? Yeah. Uh, Spit of the Sky is the one with the uh, the rooster. Yeah, but if you go to the last page of Spit of the Sky, isn't he uh, you know, having a beer with Smirnoff? No, that's like Cats and Dogs. Oh, maybe I've got it wrong then, because I've only got four pages of this. Oh, it is. Sorry, right. mate. Sorry. Yeah, my apologies. Yeah, yeah. Apologies. <laughs> yeah, it's my fault. Yeah, you're right. They're two. They're two. Two pages. Yeah, that's. I, I missed the title on the second, on the third page. Yeah. No, that's right. right. Yeah. I love that one with Smirnoff. I do like the fact I that do. they're friends. I, I kind of warm to that. I like the fact that. Black Sad has a mate. You know, I'm a yeah. great believer in that. Has a, a, a very good friend as well because he even gets on with like his wife and kids yeah. and stuff. So, which is great. And it's that the last image on that one is them at the bar, sort of you know, handshake and hand on the shoulder. But it's all the people around them yeah. are all laughing and joking, and there's four friends having a cigar and a couple two. Two birds, a, a dove and a, and a falcon sitting having a cup of coffee holding on to each other and there's kids and... Oh, it's just amazing. This must drive racists up the wall. I've got to be honest with you. Yeah. 
I mean, I think that I, I love it. I love these comics, but if they were just purely there to troll racists, it would amuse me no end. Oh yeah, it's like they're clear theories of you know you shouldn't go out with someone from another race. You've got a pigeon and an eagle, and it's it's totally the <laughs> nicest thing ever in the world. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Exactly. Yeah, no, that's that's an incredible one. And finally, on next, look at the time. I knew it's that one. The um the last <laughs> one is Black Sad Amarillo. I'm going to say this is my favourite cover. The uh, the big yellow yeah. finned car. I don't know about American cars, but he's he's driving it down the highway with a big grin on his face and surrounded by um, yellow fields of corn. Um, and it's it it looks like I don't know what it would be, but it looks like an advert for you know Marlboro cigarettes or something that you get in a 1950s magazine or something like that. Yes, yeah, spot on. Quality to spot it. Spot on, man. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely love yeah. it. Plus a big down the bottom introduction by Neil Adams. Well, on Neil. Last one. I I have to say, everyone's got terrible stories about Neil, but I've met him twice, and he was the sweetest guy to me. He was the nicest. I bought a print off him, um, and it was only twenty dollars or something, and it was a Conan yeah. print. And he talked to me about the colours, what colours he used in the background, and then, and then I had a picture with him, and he says, "Well, you got to shake my hand during the picture." And, and he was the <laughs> nicest fucking dude. I have to say, yeah. Was... It's it's funny. It's somebody I've always wanted to meet. And yet, a lot of people always say, like, "Oh no, no, no! You don't want to, you don't want to meet him." I'm like, "Why?" <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. He, he, he always comes across fine to me. A bit of a bullshitter here and there, but you like know, nice enough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you said it. Um... <laughs> yeah, but yeah, absolutely lovely cover. Um, this is um, it opens one of my favourite openings for comic actually. I love the way they open it because they don't open it on Black Sad. As the case doesn't happen, they open it on. Um, is he going to dive in the water? I'm just finding the page. Yeah, so Greenberg's mate has just dived in the water, and and Greenberg is having this sort of. But I'm the biggest artist. Watch me set light to my newest story. You know this sort of thing. It's all rubbish. You know he's like yeah. this. It's just. But this is how I want to live my life. Once I said this to Bob Fingerman, I said when I come to LA, I'm going to live in motels and uh, sit by the pool and, and he says he says you know they're shitholes <laughs> so i didn't realize but i want to do it anyway yeah yeah, yeah but uh it's, it's so this is it starts in it stopped where the, this is a bit of a cross-country hike this one isn't it mm-hmm. um yeah. and this one ends up in a circus and it becomes almost like circus noir so there's um yeah there's the politics and the um i don't know what you call it there's almost like a rank structure within the circus isn't there Mm-hmm. It's pretty and who, de- who who deals with what and yeah. who has the right to say anything in front of certain people and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, it also had yeah. him saying goodbye to Weekly, which I thought was a surprise to me. Um, he sort of it was just it was literally just so that he could have another character join him. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I, I'm I'm assuming it was just they they wanted to draw this hyena character. Yeah, and went well we can't have the both of them because Weekly and this hyena would probably end up getting on. And then that had just shunt off yes. Black Sad. So why don't yeah. why don't we just uh, we'll say Weekly is going home. He's got money. He's got to go on assignment and Black Sad skin. There we go. Yeah, I'll sort it. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah, nothing ever goes right for Black Sad. And there's um, the weirdest FBI agents who seem to be pursuing him because he destroyed a phone a, a post box or something. That's a, a well, strange one. They're the same ones from the red. Um, from the volume three. Oh, yeah, yeah, volume three. Um, so they're still pissed that he got off um, from Volume Three, like out from under their things. So they're sitting going, "That bloody cat," you know, and chasing him down. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this one, this one's probably, this is probably the only one out of all of them that 
I think you would have to read some of the other ones to fully That's understand. True. There's a few recurring, isn't it, in this, isn't there? Yeah. 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 Especially with um, Greenberg as well yeah. turning up. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Because and... I saw him turning up and thought, is that. Yeah, me that too. That's exactly again? what I thought. I was at him back because it's slightly unusual, isn't it? We tend to sort of be introduced to a whole new, whole new load of characters when we get in there. One of my favourites was Humboldt the Penguin Cannonball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and in this, we also meet Black Sad's family, don't we? So we we meet his sister and Ray, his young nephew. Um, yeah. And that's quite nice. So they're they're exploring. God, we need these next two volumes, Tom. What's going on? I know. I know. Um, I, I've got. I, I think. I think you do need to contact somebody, Tony, because I, I I've got <laughs> no clue. The whole weight of uh, the Never Iron Anything <laughs> podcast, with its 117 <laughs> regular listeners, will fall I'm upon a... Dargard. And insist. <laughs> you've you, you've got some folks you can pull a few few favors for. I know I know I a think. few roughhouses, as we would say in the nineteen fifties. <laughs> the uh, yeah, I'll get Vince and Dan round. They can put their, their yeah. knuckle dusters on their brass knuckles. <laughs> go around and insist on it. Yeah, they do it for a few quid. Um, and the, uh, a koala is the boss of the circus, which I thought yeah. was quite cool. Yeah. Or- or at least thinks he's the boss yes, of the circus. Yes, that may be true, actually. Yeah, he's got a bit of gumption about him. He's got a pair of bollocks on him, and he for a koala. Yeah, well, I mean, let's be let's be fair. You know, he is the clown as well. He's <laughs> yeah. the sort of sad clown. Haven't koalas and then got sudden... chlamydia? Is that true? That's, well, that's what I've always heard. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. <laughs> I think it's something to do with their dirty nails or teeth or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, you might be right. Yeah. I'll have to wait. Yeah. Good stuff, man. Um, to me, I think easily one of the greatest comics I've read, and certainly one of the greatest yeah. comics of the 2000s. Um, yeah. One of the few noir stories I'm going to say that includes colour, and but still utterly works. Mm-hmm. Um, Very much so. Uh, there's a few little there's a few little shoot shoot backs at us. So there's one that says you look like an idiot reading comics at your age. One of the comics <laughs> yeah. made me laugh. Um, <laughs> And the art has changed a little bit over the two decades, but not hugely, not not stylistically. It's only because we, we drill down a bit into it, don't we, that we, we notice the sm- small changes. Um, yeah. And it, occasionally you'll find a, a page that is like what you said there, slightly more cartoony, slightly more heavily inked, and then they'll just move back to the style again. Um, yeah. You, I found that in Amarillo very much so as well. Yeah. Um, there is a sort of fluid, fluidity to the art where you can, you can change it up and get a bit thicker with the... Um, the inks and whatnot, and maybe even a wee, wee bit heavier on the colour in some respects. Um, but he manages to change it without you even really noticing. Yeah. To be fair, um, even you know going back and going between the pages, uh, if you're studying it like us, you go, oh yeah, there's the change, but you don't give a shit because it still looks fucking amazing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing I heard on a YouTube channel today, and I haven't managed to check it out, but is it true that nobody's got a tail? Oh yeah. Uh no, that's not true. Is that not true? No, yeah. that can't that can't be true. Uh because I'm sure the Arctic Fox when Yes, he's... when he's having sex with the missus, she had a tail there. Yeah, he has a tail. Yeah, well yeah. that was that that was that weird furry channel that I was watching. Yeah. <laughs> he's sitting going, No, no tails. That's yeah. that's it. Yeah. Rule it out. Oh god. Um, I think is is weekly not got a tail. Okay. Oh no, no, he's not he's not, has he? I told you earlier, the friend of mine at work started a room that I had a tail. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just choosing to believe that, to be honest. <laughs> um, and a last couple of questions. Um, is, is Black Sad Parker, do you think? 
I think he's slightly more moral than that sort of. Yeah. Parker comes. Uh, Parker basically walks out of prison, doesn't he? Steals things and creates his personality back again. Um, yeah, he has he has a couple of bits where um, his old lecturer Otto Lieber says says to him, um, you know, he used to get into scrapes and when he was younger. Yeah. Which doesn't sound like much to me. It doesn't sound like he was in and out of prison or juvenile juvie or anything like that. Yeah. It just sounds like to me he was just a bit of a mischief maker. Yeah, I think um, he definitely falls more for me into the the gumshoe, the private eye, than he does the the criminal involved in a heist element of noir, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. he's <clears throat> he's a bit questionable in the first volume. Yeah. But from there on out, he's he's a total sweetheart. Yeah, they don't seem to I make see... him quite so hateable in later volumes, do they? Or the possibility no. of you disliking him, I suppose. I think they maybe got worried that people would start to go off it if they travelled down that more harder route. Yeah, how do you keep rolling that on, I suppose? Yeah, you, you have to be, end up being the punisher, don't you, I suppose? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's good to do it for the first volume and show that Black Sad is not one to be messed with. But if you continue down that road, then you're just going, yeah, yeah, we get it. Like, he's a hard ass. Yeah. Whereas if you give him a bit of heart, you can warm to him. Yeah. Especially when he ends up, you know, actually falling for people and, and stuff like that. And, yeah. and you see the little cheeky wry grins through the, the cigarette smoke and stuff. It's Yeah, it just gives him a wee bit more character. I think for me, he's a little too nice in Amarillo. I think he's not completely yes. nice, obviously, but there's, there's, he's too happy. I prefer the grim, the grimness I think of he's the a, first two. I think he's a bit of an idiot at the start of it. Yeah, he is, isn't he? Yeah, he is. I just didn't under. I never understood why he was pulling over to break up a fight. I thought, no, he wouldn't. He wouldn't do that. Yeah. You know, he might see it and just go, oh shit. If he if he was stopping anyway, he might stop it then. But yeah. he actually goes out of his way to stop it. And it was that bit was just to kind of push the story forward a wee bit and have them have some sort of tie. But yeah, he fucks, he it, fucks really. up his new job within a minute, doesn't he? I think. You know. Yeah, within a second. Yeah. <laughs> He's got that great driving down the highway past the the rapeseed fields, and the next minute he's just fucked it. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's it. He's fucked it completely. Yeah. Yeah. Good. We'll talk a little bit about other anthropomorphic characters. I know that uh, you, now that you've got away from your uh, your phobia. Um, yes. <laughs> is there any other ones that you've read since then, dude, that you've warmed to? Or? Um, I've not made the leap to go for uh, Granville okay. quite I'm, yet. I own the first few volumes of Granville. They were bought to me as presents, and I've not, I've not quite dug it enough. I've read the okay. first one, Lee, through the second one, and I don't, I don't know. I know, I know Brian Talbot's bringing back Luther Arkwright, and I'm very much looking forward mm. to that. But um, did they, to me, they were. They almost felt designed for BD, you know? Um, right, Especially okay. in their presentation, maybe, is where I'm coming from on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very much so. Yeah, um, Mike keeps trying to push me to read them. Right, and, okay. Because uh, he's, he's a big Brian Talbot fan, especially with that series. Right, um, yeah. So, yeah, I think I'll probably go around to it eventually. Yeah. Um, aside from that, mm, there's not really a lot. I mean, obviously... Uh, in another respect entirely, Kachalka's got a couple of characters that are, you know, <laughs> animal-based, but that's that's really it. What's it, uh, Peanut, Peanut from... Butter and Jeremy? Is that one of them? Yeah. yeah. yeah uh, Pink, uh, Pinky and Stinky. Oh, Peanut Butter and Jeremy is one of his songs, sorry, that I used to sing to yeah. my wife. Yeah. <laughs> Pinky, yeah, Pinky and Stinky. They're two pigs. <laughs> um, There's more to that name than meets the eye, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah I think so. 
Um, aside from that, really, just the uh, the book that I uh, edit with Rob Hopper. Of course, Hopper. Yep, yeah, that's a great book. Yeah. Um, well, that's, that's that's kind of in line with this in a way, isn't it? There's, there's very certain much parallels. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a more um, probably a more accessible one for all ages, like. But it's uh, yeah, he very much tied. Yeah, there's the not enough kind tits of... in Hopper, is there? And I'm, I'm yeah. always saying that to Aaron. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, aside from that, it's uh, yeah. There's not a lot. Um, I'm trying to think of other ones. Tony name... Millionaire. What's that? Sorry, mate. Tony Millionaire with Mackey's. Oh yeah, that's um, true. Yeah. Or um, Harem Scarum, maybe. Okay. Louis Trondheim. Oh, of course, yeah. I was going to mention a few here. I've got a few written down. Um, Yosagi Jimbo, he's a rabbit. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, uh, yeah. Mouse Guard. Oh. We mentioned that again. That's David Peterson. Um, I've still not read that. Uh, Uncle Scrooge, Dom Rosa and Carl Barks. Of oh, course, yeah, yeah, of course, God. Uh, a personal favourite of mine, Omaha the Cat Dancer. Have you seen that one? <laughs> okay. No, I've not. Now, that's a place to see someone's knob covered in fur. <laughs> okay. If there was ever an origin for furries, I'm guessing it was probably Omaha the Cat Dancer. Um, yeah. in the 80s. Uh, Fritz the Cat by Robert Crumb. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Hep Cats by Martin Wagner. Um, they're not all cats, but a couple of them are. Uh, Frank and Fran, obviously, by Jim Woodring. And oh, yeah, is, yeah, of course, yeah. Is Frank a cat? Sometimes I wonder. I'm guessing he's I a don't, cat. I, I always say it's a cat-like character, but it doesn't really look like a cat. It does in some respects, um, colouring and some of the ways he stands or walks, but he doesn't go on all fours at any point. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I bought, um, as a present, because he's doing some amazing artwork on one of... Uh, one of the books we're collaborating on. Um, I bought Daryl Thorpe Poochie Town today. It arrived today, oh, uh, which is one of my favourites. And he read it. He was really. Yeah. He rang me and said, "I've been reading it under the desk whilst pretending I was involved in a meeting on Zoom," which made me laugh. <laughs> um, uh, a couple of others: Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, obviously. Um, yep. Adolescent Radioactive Black Belt Hamsters by Keith Champagne and Tom DeGuyne. Um Autumn Lands by Kurt Busiek and Ben Dewey. Did you ever read that? That was quite a book. No, those, no, I didn't. I think it was Vertigo. I'm trying to remember what was the image. But it had a load of heat about it, and then it sort of just went, and we never saw it again. But it was quite the book. Um, right. Howard the Duck. Steve Gerber, Val Mary, oh, Jinko. Yeah, of course. Obviously. Good. See, I just discount a lot of them because it's it's sort of one character, whereas the rest of them is yeah, I get you. Sort of yeah. human-based. But, um, yeah, I mean, even with Scrooge McDuck, it just it totally goes over because it's so cemented. I don't, yeah. just I totally discount it, and then you I mention it. It's I like, see yeah, him. I see him as Scrooge's duck. I don't see him as a duck. Quite honestly, <laughs> no. Yeah, it's like a weird no, exactly. one. Yeah, his basement with all the coins where he goes backstroke swimming. Oh. That's like Vince Hunt's basement. <laughs> all that comic house money. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Mice Templar, um, Snoopy on occasion as well. Um, yeah, in a way. Yeah. 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 Um, Rocket Raccoon, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. Scurry by Max Smith. Have you ever read that? No, but I have seen a lot of images for it. Do you know what? That, that's one that kind of freaked me out for a wee bit. <laughs> yeah. Just ever so slightly. See, this is the thing. I'm, I'm, I'm still fairly new to a lot of it because I was sort of put off by a lot of it for a long time. Yeah. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles I could handle because they didn't really look like turtles no. except from the shells. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, there, wasn't a, there wasn't a lot going on in there, but... Uh, the rest of them, because a lot of them are very animal-human based, it just really creeped me out for the longest time. So it's only now that I'm coming around to a lot of them. Yeah. 
Interesting. Um, and uh, one other, the amazing Spider Ham. Oh yeah, Peter Porker Spider Ham. <laughs> the uh, yeah, which had a bit of a resurgence. Was it in Enter the Spider Verse or something? I'm going to say was it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah, he was one of the characters that came in there. Ah, okay, that'd be the reason. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, I guess in a way, Calvin and Hobbes. Yeah, that's true. In a way, yeah. Well, yeah, the Hobbes. It's but... still a, it's still an anthropomorphic. Is it a tiger? Isn't it a tiger? Tiger. Yeah. 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 I guess. But yeah. I don't know. I, you know, Watson does such a good job of just making you think it's a tiger. There's a lot of it going on. I think it's the <clears> yeah. anthropomorphic stuff. There's probably yeah. hundreds of other ones that we haven't named. Although if you do put anthropomorphic into comicsology, there's a lot of shit in there. There's a lot of yeah, unreadable muck. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a lot of furry stuff. Oh my god. <laughs> a friend of mine, a friend of mine um, who works at No Brow, was telling me that her flatmate was a furry. And oh, she spent like she, she ran into the front room, um, all excited. She says, "Oh, it's arrived! My my fur's arrived!" And she had taken ages choosing whatever, you know, whatever fur she decided she should have. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it, another one I'm thinking of, um, which is huge, is probably one of the biggest comics of all time now. Uh, Dave Pilkey's Dogman. Oh yeah, which I've never read. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've got two two volumes of it here that I picked up at Tesco to give a try, and I still haven't got around to it. I'm actually. A, I'm a secret Dave Pilkey fan because I loved Captain Underpants. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, good on him because he's there's him and a couple of other Taugemeier who, who are propping yeah. up the comics industry at the moment, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. The I think if we got rid of about four authors, then the, it would look really bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and look, look good on them selling them in fucking Tesco's. You know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. It's where exactly. you should be able to get comics. No one to I go mean, into hell, a shop that fucking everyone stares at you as soon as you walk in. Yeah. I mean, hell, he's he's put out one recently that's like, uh, I think it's like Cat, Cat Boy or something, but right. it's like you actually get to make the comic within the pages kind of thing. It's like Catman's comic creation kit or something like that, Some, something along those lines. But that's being sold in Tesco and everything as well. Yeah, good. Good stuff. I'm yeah. glad it is. Yeah, that's what we need. And it, they should yeah. have Black Sad on the shelf in Tesco's as well, let's face it. Imagine people reading that and going, "Wow, this should be more available." And it's it's crazy because I got this um, oh, so halfway through last year. I think it was like July or something okay. last year. Um, that was when Dark Horse put out this big sort of paperback collection, and now it's like impossible to get. Yeah, um, I, think, I think it's one. I couldn't of, find one on Amazon actually. I had to look. I ended up reading the first three volumes digitally. Yeah. Like they they only become available for so long and then they just disappear. Yeah, that's why I recommend these hardcovers. So they like they like BD volumes, you know. Um, yeah. That that Dark Horse are putting out and um, the cut the the spines are lovely and the uh, although they do change the dress slightly, which I don't like. Um, but mm. the it's, it's that oversized thing is what you want, isn't it? You know. Yeah. 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 Big time. Good stuff, man. Good choice. Good choice. Um, we'll be hearing in a minute from you, a certain cult leader, who's our sponsor, <laughs> um, at, uh, uh, in the interview. So um, that comic smell, the comic has arrived. Thank you very much, dude. Mm-hmm. To read it as well. I've got. I, you sent me an early digital copy, which I stuck a preview up for, and I, I got to read it the other day. And it's uh, it's a fine a fine edition. So what's the? Um, I, I asked Dave this. How's the work on volume two going? Um. You know we play everything quite close to the chest. <laughs> yeah, okay. Really. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, fair enough. When it comes, um, I bet you. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like, willing to bet one. It's on the way, and two, you've got your eye on 
the next special guest? Uh, yeah, that's. Do you know? I, I will say, yeah, we've got, I've, I've, we've got ideas as far as that's concerned. Cool. The next special guest. So Durf's uh, going to cover. No. I'm guessing. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I will. <laughs> uh, no, we, we, the cover idea thing has uh, been banded about though. But I, uh, there's a lot to be considered. Yet we're not as, uh, we're not as far ahead with this one as we would have been because there's a lot of things we need to take into account this okay. was a learning for us definitely yeah. i think um i know we I talked mean, a bit a about whole... the printing process and stuff like that we had a conversation yeah. about it yeah yeah you're right though man yeah i agree there's a there's a lot to kind of there's a lot to consider um do you know what? I, I will i will say um there is a consideration for us to m- maybe just go digital oh okay um, but just mainly so that we can just keep plugging them out I, you know I know sliced used to do that with ken um <laughs> sliced would be i think i'm right in saying ken's probably listening that they were digital as issues and then he would put them together as a series of volumes yeah i kind of like yeah. that i thought that was a good idea it's a it's a consideration um it's just something that we've been thought about but the ideas are uh, the ideas are definitely coming thick and fast. I know that um, Mike has just not stopped working on comics, his own and stuff for upcoming that comic smell ones uh, since the last one. I mean, oh, he good. just uh, constantly yeah. we get updates like, here I'm working on a page, and then, you know, it's like an hour later, and here's this full A3 <laughs> sheet all drawn up. I'm like, fucking hell. Um, I've got an original Sadaka was... here as well. Oh, yeah, so yeah, I've got I've, I've got a little collection of all your comics. I think uh, Dave's books. I've got a little pile of Dave's books here as well. He's a he's it's... a man who's he's nonstop, isn't he? You know. Yeah, yes. Oh, he just keeps plugging them out. I mean, you know, he's he's working on two ideas ahead whilst he's putting out one and stuff like that. He's just a machine. Yeah. I mean, I, I honestly look up to him so much when it comes to getting stuff together yeah, and philosophy, you know, isn't it? If, yeah. Yeah. Even the respect of getting the podcast out and stuff, I just constantly think of him and go like, "Yep, let's let's just go on with it." With it yeah, yeah. But yeah, but uh, yeah, I've been good. You've been taken away. I mean, you've been busy on the podcast. Away. So we, I don't. I think it was before we recorded. I was mentioning your interview with Durf, which is mm-hmm. probably my favourite interview that you've done, dude. I think. I think it oh, was. Um, you, I, I was. I was texting you while I was listening to it actually, because shows how excited I was by it. But <laughs> you, uh, th- this is full circle, isn't it? So you introduced me to Durf. Mm-hmm. I do a podcast with you where we talk about him. I buy Kent State. I love Kent State. Do a pod- we do that on the Awesome po- Comics podcast. We get Durf mm-hmm. on the Awesome Comics podcast because I spread the love to Vince and Dan. The <laughs> um, you, me, and Dave talk about Kent State, and then the 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 ending of that marvelous golden circle is the fact that you get Durf on to talk, and it comes across like you're just two mates sitting down having a chat. It's the nicest thing. Yeah, yeah man. It was. Uh... Oh, it was such a it was such a huge thing to to speak to him for me because I mean like ever since I saw his stuff I just completely fell in love with it. I mean I've said this to you before, yeah. and um, you know he's he's like my my ultimate, and he's just he's so easy to speak to. He's intimidating. I said this to you as well. I I I I, I was intimidated, but I didn't know if I was maybe just intimidated because of who he is to me. Yeah, you know I, mean? I think so. Yeah. Um. But he's just—he he was so open with his time and just so open to chat. And uh, I just—he's uh, just unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable. And I'm—I'm I'm so glad that it came across that way, in—in uh, in the episode as well. It was great sitting listening back to it. 
I have no qualms with sitting back and listening to my own voice. I used <laughs> yeah, to. I, get you. I used to. Yeah. But um, to sit and listen to him again chatting away was great. So I'm just I'm I'm really glad you enjoyed it. No, good it's stuff, really, man. Really, really you what have you got planned for the future at the moment? Any any upcoming things you can mention? Well, we've still got loads of episodes in the bank. Right. Um, I actually did a, an interview with uh, Mike and Dave like that like an actual conversation thing where I threw questions at them and stuff a wee while back. Oh, okay, so, that'd be interesting. What, separately yes. or together? Uh, together. Right, okay. Just to do yeah. them together. It was mainly to get Mike under the, the microscope. Did he have any um, more dreams was... that he recounted? <laughs> Actually, I don't know if he did. <laughs> I, want to, I want to say that he maybe did have one in there. <laughs> um, I will occasionally was, uh... Uh, text you with a, a, a Mike quote. So I find yeah. it hugely funny and interesting. Yeah, but he always he always says something that amuses me in most episodes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's like Dave says, he's not real. You know, he's a figment. <laughs> he's a figment of our imagination. <laughs> but he's um, yeah, no, he's, he it was good to it was good to sit and chat to him in that respect. I mean, I know we always get together and chat, but to actually specifically sort of focus on him and then i was having dave back for round two as well and it was good to sort of have that dynamic of somebody that had already been through the process and somebody that was sort of newly going through it um like the way that i do those chats and stuff yeah. so it was it was good but it's just us you know it's us just chatting away that's why it's a good man yeah. um that's why people like yeah. it i think yeah just a bunch and it of was friends. gonna yeah, it was going to coincide with the sort of release of the comic and stuff, but we kind of just wanted to get the comic out first, and then I just wanted to do bits where we're chatting to each other and mention it in the in the passing and stuff as well. Yeah, it's it's just been, do you know, what? it's just been really really great to start off the year this way. Yeah, it has getting been. a comic. Yeah, it's a nice yeah. way to start in it. Yeah, it really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, big time. Yeah. Good stuff, man. Absolutely brilliant. Um, a couple of things to mention. Um, thanks to all the new listeners. We've had quite a few little comments and we've had some nice reviews. Um, one particularly one that made me laugh that Al had to explain to me last week. He said, I think they're taking the piss tone. And I realised, oh, yes, I'm being stupid. Um, but, yeah, thanks to everyone who's listened. We've um, we've uh, I've had a few messages from people saying they're enjoying it, which is really, really nice. What started out as a um, lockdown project, I mean, we're still locked down, aren't we, let's face it, but it will be a year this very day next month so that's pretty it's gone that's amazing, quickly man. isn't it really has gone quickly yeah um I, i've loved listening to them thank you mate you're very Absolutely kind you are very it, kind about it yeah and thank you the I, I think i had said to you that i went back and listened to them all from the start again i knew we got um, a bump in numbers i knew yeah <laughs> it was it was it was uh it was me um yeah no i was i was back listening to them all again and it's just great it's great hearing them develop it's great hearing you get more and more comfortable with them as well. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you can hear you having fun. Good speaking about them, which is brilliant. Yeah, there's there's definitely. I mean, there's there's been some real highlights, but they've all been they've all been everyone who's been on has been excellent. You know, from mm-hmm. you know people who've just come on to talk about a particular thing like Aaron or um, Adrian Ashimi, who's one of my best friends in the world. Love that dude. Um, yeah. And Bob Fingerman. I love Bob. Bob, Bob's a great friend. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, and then you guys who've come on and suggested comics, you know, which I really like. Um, yeah. I'm thinking about maybe making the month from the 100th, the sort of month from the year, to be a suggestion of my, I'm going to suggest. Just to oh, say, okay. we okay. do four episodes and I'll suggest to people. Um, yeah. Although, although uh, Eamon's already got in with his one for that month, so we'll see what happens there. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, 
Uh, another shout out to do you want to be in an anthology and are you part of the ACP community? If so, go to the ACP Facebook group and you'll find a post by Sarah Harris, who is um, the editor and the, the grand dame of the uh, anthology, which I think she's about to post up a thing to say what it should be called. I think that we've had about eight options. Um, I know she took mine out. But the uh, it's too blue. But the uh, <laughs> um, so that's that's on the go, and we've had quite a few submissions. But we are looking for more, uh, or she's looking for more. They have to be something special. Don't just picture something that um, you've had in your back drawer for a while, or you know. And please do pitch us. Don't just contact an artist and get them working on it, thinking that you'll be in it, because you, there's a good chance you won't be actually. There's some really interesting stuff coming um, around that. Um, and thanks to um, Jason Wood, Vince and Dap, Vince Bond and Dap, David A. Price at 11 o'clock for giving us a mention for the um, the Atomic Hercules 11 o'clock um, last month. Just blo- Me and Adam were absolutely blown away um, and really nice. And I don't know if you know Adam. Adam Flap um, <laughs> is... Uh, which Adam Flaps. of all I've listened to thousands of hours of uh, eleven o'clock comics, and uh, David made me laugh my beans out um, by calling him Adam Flap today. <laughs> um, and he then he rang me and I said, "All right, Flappy." And he says, "How has it taken you that long to say that about my name?" But uh, <laughs> he got he got a lovely mention from the guys. Um, uh, Jason chose it as his book to talk about this week, which is uh, really kind of him. So everyone's been super kind. It's all going well. We're enjoying it. Um, we'll see what happens when lockdown ends. Um, I'm definitely going to do 100, I think the feeling is, and uh, see, see how we get on as to whether I'll continue past that. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely been a project that's kept me occupied. And thanks to guys like you and Eamon and Dave and Al and Johnny and um, Mr. McCulloch and Sarah mm-hmm. and uh, Damien and, you know, everyone who's been on um, yeah. recently because it's, it's, been, it's been an absolute ball. Um, the, it's an absolute, it's an absolute pleasure chatting. It is, mate. It really is, isn't it? There's, there's a certain relaxation to it, isn't it? Now I think we're sort of we, we yeah. are doing, and we know it's always about an hour. Or look at us, we've gone long, but yeah, it's always about an hour. <laughs> it's pretty good. Where can people find you, dude? Where can they find the, the, your podcast, and where can they find your comic? Uh, we are on most podcatchers, as people call it, as uh, <laughs> that comic smell. Um, I'll do a Dave and say if you Google that comic smell, it tends to be the first thing that comes up with cool. our Twitter and Instagram at that comic smell. Um, I'm trying to use Instagram more these days, actually, too, because I'm, I'm yeah, yeah trying trying to highlight some books and stuff. Um, I wouldn't mind actually using the the stories and that to to go through. It was, um, just was there was something today previews. about. Was it your favourite comics of the year or something? What was that thing I caught? Oh, uh, I got um, the new issue of Bubbles. Oh, I've ordered that. Bubbles Fancy. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I'd actually mailed him. He was putting a call out for uh, readers' favourite comics of 2020. So it was like a top ten, and you had to just give... You're very kind, uh, man, because t- you, you, name, you name-checked us, which is very kind of us. Kind of you, oh, thank yeah. you very much. Well, yeah. of course. <laughs> um, but... Uh, yeah, it was like you 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 gave the t- the title the creators and if they had a, a publisher and stuff like that. So, um, you know, you you guys got it with Tribute Press and Norm Conyo got it for the Junction and stuff and Dave obviously yeah. and highlighting Fred Ed Comics and stuff. Now I'm one of like a ton, so there's there's three full pages of those little oh, I'm things. Forward to getting this then, yeah, oh, that's good. Yeah, and like all these comics, and he's put a wee bit of the start sort of surmising, being like, these are the comics that were mentioned the most, and like a little print of the little 
covers at the bottom and stuff. And yeah, it's really good. And uh, you know, interviews with Simon Hanselman and yeah. uh, Annie, Annie Koyama of Koyama Press and okay. stuff. And yeah, Koyama Press only fourteen pound ninety nine. Because I bought a book that was about the size of a bookmark. I thought it was a lot bigger. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like that's my favourite yeah. joke at the moment. Yeah, I do that a lot. <laughs> they're good for yeah, they're good for that. <laughs> yeah, um... Instagram's definitely the place to be. I agree, man. Now it's a, it's a, it's a certainly a less toxic environment where you don't have to put up with with people telling you every second of their day what they're doing. <laughs> well, you know what? I uh, I found recently that if you really want to get a um, actual comics chat on Twitter. What you want to do is just go and follow all of the Spanish creators and publishers and <laughs> French creators and publishers yeah. and go and find any European uh, creators and publishers because all they do is chat comics. Yeah. And there's there's that little translate button that gives you the full thing. Is. So it's e- easy to, to follow them and easy to find out what they do and what they put out and good tip, if there's man. English translation stuff. Yeah, because you, you, your Twitter just gets absolutely flooded with comics after that. And good, solid. Thank God for that, because I think I've had well. enough of reading about Trump and Biden from comic creators. Yeah, I think <laughs> yeah. as well. I use Google Chrome, and um, I use the extension that allows you to translate web pages as well. So if it does take you away to web pages, you just you just press translate, and it's brilliant. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah, it's well worth nice. using. But yeah, Instagram's Instagram seems to be the the place, especially if you get sort of good art and stuff as well. Yeah, really, that process and stuff. I mean, I've been following along with leslie stein's stuff recently and oh my god see some of the process stuff that she puts up on her stories it's just unbelievable yeah just incredible stuff and also like noah van skyver's putting up and he puts up some great youtube videos as well noah he's done some really interesting one funny funny enough mentoring fingerman he does a great fingerman interview yeah he does yeah yeah i mean he did a live thing the other day that only lasted like five minutes and it was him just going through his drawers and he's digging out all this like original artwork and all these strips and stuff and folders and being like yeah this is what i've got and it's like oh my god this is what this is what i'm coming for yeah 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 that's a good shout about the foreign creators man i might do that myself i tried to follow four or five creators and then one porn star and then four or five creators it just makes for an interesting (laughs) reading experience you know so it it tends to go like ethan van skyver you know all these people enrico marini nina hartley and then back again to uh yeah (laughs) Right, so you've seen this over. Anyway, moving on. Um, so you <laughs> so you can find me at uh, neverironanything.com. Tends to be at the moment, because I'm so busy in the week, I've been putting four or five reviews up at the weekend. There's, there's some on there that you'll find. Um, and as we, as we um, if you listen to ACP, you'll know I'm not taking um, com- I'm not taking review copies off anyone. I will find a comic and review it, which is mm-hmm. the worker re- reviewer. That's what they should be doing. I found that um, we were stuck a bit in a bubble. And uh, I was getting comics sent through, not everyone, but a lot of comics were being sent ho- through from the same old knuckleheads. I, I had no interest in reviewing. I'd rather like take a chance and buy something and just watch yeah. the comics come in from the States and from France and stuff like that. And I found some really interesting stuff recently. Um, yeah, there's some, there's some excellent stuff. If you look up for the review of Bubblegum Maelstrom um, by Ryan Alves, nice. that's quite special as well. Um, yeah, I also, did an, I also did an issue of red sonja because there was tits on the cover but there you go (laughs) (laughs) no i definitely um i definitely feel you on that though obviously doing um small pressed for yeah uh, the comic art fest pod and uh yeah i go looking for stuff definitely i just i think purely on the basis that a lot of the stuff that gets sent out i i've either reviewed 
some of the stuff before, so I don't want to just be repeating myself. Exactly. Or, yeah. or it's people that are just like I don't know the work. I'm not familiar with any of it at all, and you know, for them to just go like, oh, read it and review it. I'm like, but I, I just I'm not. There's nothing here. Yeah. You know what I mean, like, there's just nothing going on. Yeah. Um, and I've, I, I get don't reviewers' put... guilt if I get sent stuff, even if it's just a yeah. digital file. It weighs heavily on me, you know. Yeah. I haven't reviewed I am... it. I'm having to come around to the uh, the idea of just telling people like no, <laughs> like it's just not happening. But I'd, I, I I think about it myself. Like I would rather I sent something to somebody and they just said nah, not my kind of thing, than either rubbering it completely or just saying oh it's great and then you put out the same old tat. Yeah. Like no, no, I'd rather just say no, not for me. Yeah. You know. It's not my cuppa. Yeah, and if you follow it with some people, then. So be so it, man. Be it. Yeah, people have yeah. got thin skins, haven't they? Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Thank you, dude. We'll have a chat in a second, um, and we'll talk about perhaps, perhaps what you're going to come back on and talk about. Um, but for the moment, I will leave you with our uh, beloved and holy sponsor. Hi there. My name is Clef Cumber. You may know me as the bad boy of comics and the artist behind such filth as Tony Osmond is a movie star for Tribute Press and Future Shock branded for Space Warp. Lacking in focus, lacking in purpose, suffering from the existential despair of crushing doubt. We've all been there, my friend. I'm no stranger to being a loser like you. What? You thought I was always this way, a megastar comic artist? <laughs> no, I was a deadbeat nobody too. That was until I started a cult. And I'm recruiting. Free robe with every membership. Surrender your will to me and finally find the purpose you're looking for. Subservience. Don't let life beat you down, friend. Join my cult and let me do it for you. Paid for by the Cult of Q. Mm-hmm.